0: There we go. Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And I'm here with my bro, bro, Logan. How goes it, bro, bro?
1: Hey, Ken, how you doing? Uh, Having a great day here on Cayman Islands and uh, glad to see that uh, you're back and back home and making really good content.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, dude, uh, I'm jealous. I'm back in Jersey right now where it's fucking snowing and you got a beach right outside your window. So I'll try to hold that resentment behind me in this uh, conversation. But uh, I see that you have that Hercules banner up there. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do and introduce Hercules?
1: Hey, so, uh, you know, Hercules is a platform uh, decentralized application uh, that rests on a set of protocols uh, and smart contracts that uh, help eradicate racketeering and collusion in the supply chain. So, you know, aiming for transparency, data integrity and uh, ease of use. Yeah. And you're the uh, CTO, right? I am. I've been leading a global force of development for about uh, a year and three months now. And we're just really happy to uh, bring, you know, our our content to the mainnet. How'd you get into
0: the space? I I don't even know if I ever got your background story because we met, uh, for everybody watching, we met a while back at one of the decentralized art shows in, I think it was Austin, Texas, right? It was. Yeah, So we got to meet a while ago and um, I've been following Anthem Gold and the Hercules Project for a little bit. You've been at a few of the conferences I've been at, but I, I don't know. What's your origin story, man? What drew you into Bitcoin? How'd you get here?
1: well i am logan so you know let's go origin story uh we it i have really just been a coder a programmer my whole life i started uh doing python scripting at lockheed martin uh classes when i was 14 years old went from that to when the iphone came out started devving on uh, xcode and and doing c sharp for apps so like right when all that stuff came out uh when bitcoin came out in 2009 i was uh senior in high school so i was the kid and you know back in high school that was like y'all don't even know like you don't know what's gonna come and what's gonna happen and there's some people that listened to me back then but when i went to university it was kind of the same uh same thing uh most of the coding languages they were teaching i already knew so i was just able to kind of fly by and focus on bitcoin and blockchain And then, you know, when Ethereum came out, I knew that was like really the game changer. So I started uh, Bitcoin Brigade, which was a 501C3 kind of to do like focus groups um, in the Midwest in the United States and just see like how people would react to Bitcoin, blockchain and how they could, um, you know, get into the community, you know, just teaching other university (laughs) students how to use it. How do you
0: see those people
1: reacting to the technology? Back then, I mean, the whole the whole scope and I think anybody that's been in the space for this long. It, it really it's kind of exactly what Satoshi said on Bitcoin talk forums. It's like, you know, if if you don't believe me, I don't have time to explain it to you. But I had enough time. Right. Like I was able to go out there and, you know, push for adoption, you know, push for mass adoption with decentralized art shows, which was, uh, you know, something that uh, I had helped found. And then uh, during the time, I also had blockchain exchange so blockchain exchange uh you know it was this is uh exchange but then i didn't have a bit license and that's kind of why i moved to texas and then that's when it all changed for me uh, i met anthem blanchard at a ethereum meetup using the meetup app and uh, from there you know that it was either i could have worked for ibm or i could have worked for uh and with angel Anth- anthem blanchard And it turned into, um, you know, going to the Anthem bunker, seeing what the gold vault would eventually be and look like. And then from there, taking all of the research and development that his teams had provided in, I want to say, five or six years of development, and then just expanding it into what we have today. Yeah, man, that is awesome. It
0: sucks that regulations is, like, how you ended up where you're at. You got regulated out of an idea that you found it because you didn't have a bit license and and all this crap. And, um... So yeah, that's pretty cool, and I, I try to stress the importance of going to meetups, and uh, I probably talk about it in every one of my videos because it just comes up. And you from a meetup to uh, a CTO at with a company, man, that's that's pretty badass. And that's how young we are in this industry. So guys, if you're in the tech space, I'm urging you to go to a local meetup. Just go to meetups.com, start a meetup, join a meetup, and you can expand your reach in this industry. So you've been to a lot of these conferences and stuff, man. What are some of the sketchier projects you've seen because you know your shit like when you look at a project you really know <laughs> what to look for you know what like the tech is if it's sustainable tech or if it's unsustainable tech if it's vaporware tech so what are some of the projects that you've seen that look like they got a lot of limelight this year that should maybe be looked at more by their investors
1: oh man so I was in, uh, you yeah, know I was in Japan for the slush event, and there was a lot of good technology there there was ar vr you know uh different things for remittance and different non-financial technology uh but what kind of stood out to me was how involved um ripple was in that they had this huge booth and they had all of this exposure and in the area ripples gotten really big um but then again you know those that understand um you know, how centralized it is, where the technology grows, um, and also to meet their devs. Um, it, w- it just stood out that uh, they were kind of saddened and burdened, yeah. it seemed. <laughs> I bet, I bet, man. Well, the,
0: the, but if, the if space...
1: When it comes To Hercules, we're more than welcome to uh, vet you, try you out, and, you know, bring you on the team. Yeah, people really should know the
0: importance and the difference between uh, Ripple and uh, true decentralized projects. And I feel like the, a lot of the people that got into Ripple don't understand that they control the supply they can, you know, dump on the market whenever they want and they will trust me um they don't want the coin to be worth much you know and if it does they're gonna dump on you and then buy it back at the dip that they cause that's just how these companies roll because ripple uh, is a company that can control xrp the digital token it's not even a cryptocurrency
1: yeah and you know we're seeing a lot of this uh regulated control come out in the stable coin so like us dollar coin um Gemini coin. If you look into the source, Coinbase code, partnered with circle pay to make USDC and it's
0: crazy. Absolutely.
1: And, and, it, and the, code, the code was provided by center. C-E-N-T-R-E. You, you can go to their GitHub and you can actually see, um, you know, blacklisting and possible uh, smart contracts so that people can, you know, be the minters, be the people that stop other addresses from use, utilizing um, the U.S. dollar coin.
0: Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That, you know,
1: check,
0: yeah, check that that out, guys. I'll try to put a link to all that in the comments or in the description when we're done. Uh, So on a different uh, end of that coin, what are some of the projects that you've run into that you're excited for and what makes you feel like they actually have what it
1: takes? Uh, Something that really stood out to me was, and I think I met them at the first time in uh, San Francisco at Block to the Future, was uh, Guardian, and Guardian is a Neo asset, uh, which has a ecosystem that helps people. So it's kind of like 911 on the blockchain. If you have an issue, anybody anybody on this platform can really, um, you know, be the hero. Dude, I've
0: I've had an idea about that for a while. Like Neighborhood Watch 2.0 on the blockchain, gamify the whole you know you watch my back, I watch your back, incentivize you know positive uh, you know reputation in that economy and reward it. And sounds like that's what they're doing. What's the name of it again?
1: Uh, Guardian. It's on Ne. It's on Neo
0: all right that's pretty cool and you know a lot of people are like oh we don't have to blockchain everything blah 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 but not everything needed an app back and now there's an app for everything and there's plenty of apps that help people when they're in need I know there's this one that was on Shark Tank that if you're like in trouble you like hit a button and it like takes a picture and sends a text to like Luke I don't know it's all kinds of crazy stuff they can do now
1: and there's there's a you know this is a funny story is the first time I came down here and I got this new phone um, there's a setting where you can set people as your emergency contacts. And there was a guy walking down the street. He must've come off of a cruise ship.
0: Uh, he had a
1: Bitcoin moon shirt. on. Yeah, sweet. And, he standing, and I was, I was like, he was trying to cross the road and I was just trying to like take my phone out to take a picture of him. And I was like, uh, and I hit this button three times and it sent to my three emergency contacts, a picture from here, a picture from here, and my exact location, and a message that said, "Hey, I need some help." Why? And who did it? Who did it? Send to was uh, Adela, my attorney, uh, my mother, and uh, my girlfriend. So it was. Um, it was the first person who got back to me was Adela uh, Toulon. <laughs> That's a of, great uh, attorney <laughs> of uh, Cogent Law. She's she's been a Bitcoin OG for such a long time that um, she understands the uh, the paths necessary for regulators to come, come to a head on innovation and anybody that needs a, um, you know, needs counsel in this space because it's very important. Uh, Adela, for sure. Uh, you can get a hold of me.
0: Yeah, I uh, saw that you're an advisor to a uh, law firm. It looks like uh, you wanted to touch on that a little bit. What was that like? Because Coach. How, how do you advise the, to them what did I because mean, they don't know crap about this space
1: like are you in there blowing minds left and right yeah so I mean this came about um, when I was at the Polycon in the Bahamas um, oh, I it was, I made that was really run. it was it was beautiful uh, it was really uh, well thought out to the extent where um, you know I can do analysis quickly on a project from high-level white paper ideology to economics to, um, you know, smart contract source code, whether it's ready or not. I'm not doing full audits for Cogent, but it's been um, the ability to just say, hey, you know, this is where these people need to go. This is the path. And uh, they've been really um, thoughtful in, in the, the uh, advisement role. So where do you see like the
0: the space going forward with regulations? Do you see it being overregulated or you feel like that no touch, no hinder approach will really be left on the table?
1: Uh, A lot of people have seen crypto, blockchain economics as the ultimate capitalism, Um, you know, laissez faire has always been. Really good for our ecosystem and our economy, but when it comes to how many years have we been developing this technology, which it hasn't been 10 yet, and how early on we still are when it comes to innovating um, the financial technology space, There, there's already so many regulations that have been lined up because um, you know developers um, or even users just don't understand what needs to happen. And as a species, we's, we've always uh, built upon iterations of our, of our past, uh, learning from either mistakes or learning from uh, triumphs. And it's, it's when you have those that are paid to be concerned about the general population, which you know, are the regulators, that you know, have to curtail some sort of um, appeasement to the people And then you have, on the other side, you have developers and scientists and providers (laughs) that are, you know, innovating past what rules they set. Um, I think it's always going to be a dichotomy. There's always going to be, um, you know, it's not us and them. It's just we. Right. It's this side and that side. And, you know, once we understand that and we come together as a species, we can move on from, um, you know, really detrimental issues that – scoring us today I really feel
0: like the you know a, a worldwide not just like currency like Bitcoin but uh, technology language like either uh, solidity or whatever it may be where we can communicate without going through third party uh, escrow or translators of some sort you know where we can be we without going through them you know there's so many channels where they try to you know, manipulate or uh, enforce their agendas by setting terms and agreements that, you know, funnel it one way or the other. And this technology is really opening it up for for everyone to, you know, utilize from bottom up, top Mm -hmm. down. Uh, We're seeing, you know, individuals in poverty stricken worlds utilizing this as well as, you know, the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance and the, the, the millions that they're throwing at it. So it's this is for everybody. How do you use, yeah, how I, do you use this though? Like, what are some of the ways you use tech? Do you, or this tech? Do you, um, do you use cryptocurrencies to spend on a daily? Do you trade, like, how are you playing dApps? Like, how do you, you know, use the tech?
1: Yeah, so um, I've been playing uh, Crypto Zombies on the Loom Network. That's pretty and cool. And trying, I mean, it's an amazing game. Uh, crypto Kitties was really fun. Um, you know, looking at, you know, how much time I have to sit code, review code and and go over things that we uh, are going on. You know, it's been been easy to, you know, congratulate and, uh, you know, applaud our colleagues, you know, people in the space that are either on testnet or on mainnet. Uh, But it has been difficult to kind of go out and, you know, be like a full time user of blockchain. Although, you know, I didn't get an HTC Exodus, so I'm waiting for your unboxing on that. Um, you know, I do. I'm an American, um, so I do have a BitPay card, uh, something that you know they've uh, opened up to the U.S. citizens. So go on BitPay if you want to spend your BitPay your Bitcoin all day. Yeah, and, that's what I use. You know, if they need to do some sort of marketing where somebody's at a grocery store and they've got 30 seconds to sell Bitcoin out their card to buy you know $200 worth of groceries, and it works. And as soon as you show people that they can buy food with it, it's game over. You know, do a Super Bowl ad for 15 seconds, and it just shows that pay. Unfortunately, yeah, that's a, that's
0: coin, Unfortunately, Coinbase has it a little bit better, and I don't like it, but I use it. It's the SHIFT card, Shift. SHIFT payments, yeah. And I like it differently than the BitPay because SHIFT lets you hold your crypto in the wallet, and it has the ability to do a pull, which like totally defeats the purpose, I get that. But you know you can pull from your Bitcoin wallet at the point of swipe, so you don't have to do a pre-sale. So, I, I don't know, for yeah. me, that was a little bit cooler than having to sit there and I don't know. I feel dirty when I sell I'm just like, uh
1: you're right with shit with shift. I wasn't able to, because, um, I just don't use Coinbase.
0: Yeah. But, that's why I don't like it. I don't really like Coinbase.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they've been around and they, they understand uh, the market and it seems like they're going to be the U S regulatory, yeah. uh, mission for, for the space. So it, wouldn't be smart to get on their bad side
0: well I check out uh, the competition like uphold upholds pretty cool they got a lot coming out and they're uh, I think they got an app and everything now so uh, Mm -hmm. upholds pretty good competition to coinbase Uh, who else Uh, simplex I mean they're on the edge wallet if you have your edge wallet you can actually buy Bitcoin in the wallet now through the simplex like
1: thing it's a little expensive yeah, they've got a premium on it, but everybody's got to make their their cut. Uh, what's really cool is that uh, the Edge team has allowed us to use their software developers kit um, and their APIs to build our uh, D app with their wallet. That's really so cool, any, Paul. Shout out to Paul Puey. Any any uh, Edge wallet will open up in a Herked uh, app. Oh, really? Yes, sir. All right, cool, cool, cool. Really nice really nice feature Augurs using it um and, and we kind of uh saw that you know their success in leveraging the software developers kit uh on mainnet uh it was it was a good time that's
0: one of those and situations where teamwork makes the dream work right there like i like that about yes. the space and there's not see people got to realize there, there are competition but the competition's more compliment than compete right now it's so early
1: yeah as long as um you know you understand the scientific and that development takes time uh, you know being friendly to other scientists and, and being in the slack and inviting people to you know Google meets and you know just really honing in on what the technology is capable of uh, you know we just keep moving forward
0: yeah dude that's that's the only direction to go like uh, again though like moving forward what are your hopes what are your worries what what do you your uh, what do you got your eye on? Is it the uh, uh, solid SolidX ETF or what? You're looking at back um, bracket.
1: A lot of that, yeah, a lot of that stuff I don't really uh, pay attention to. A lot of good content out of Dev, DevCon four. Um, you know uh, Vitalik's headline keynote was um, really informative on like where Ethereum 2.0, um, how far they are. Uh, you know, what that's going to incorporate. He's really fighting for proof of stake, man. It's a lot more environmentally friendly. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're looking at, um, you know, what that move would take. And then we're also, you know, as a team just trying to research if uh, the Shios EOS 21 protocol to kind of teleport your, ERC20 tokens into EOS uh, is a good option. So we're, you know, we're look, looking at the myriad of um, technologies that are coming out in the space from our colleagues and defining what our, our path should be accordingly. Because, you know, you have an open source world. You don't have to. Um, well, you don't. It's not that you don't have to, but you can rely on um, on the colleagues in the space. And it's it's been very very friendly to say the least, because, you know, whether the, the price is up, the price is down, uh, the technology is winning. It's taking over the planet. Um, and and the the developers that have made it happen over the past, uh, you know, eight, nine years are just applauding like, every single time.
0: Yeah, and we, we lost a lot of people, like, uh, from from the beginning to different projects that, from Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash to the Bitcoin Satoshi's vision now. I mean, what are your thoughts on the this whole forking fiasco? Are you are you keeping your eye on that? Like, you know, what your holdings? <laughs> what what are you doing? Did you split your coins or do you even have BC? Like, I don't even. It's such a non-event for me because I dumped my
1: BCH the moment I got them from my original Bitcoin. Uh, it's man. It's it's such a it is that the word fiasco that was that was a really good word for, for it cuz i mean it it's not it, it's the longest timeline bitcoin blockchain um, the longest chain in, in of itself to change some opcodes to you know change um, a little bit of you know block size it's the developer's prerogative right it's an mit license there's no permission needed to do anything to the original bitcoin blockchain As long as you fork it and don't, you know, screw up the master uh, branch on the repos. You know, Core has those abilities. Um, But anytime anybody comes out with an Ethereum sidechain, nobody goes crazy, you know, because free ETH isn't being given away. (laughs) It's something for the Bitcoin chain and do the chain split. Um, So it's it's also another way because we have so many, we we have this like pool of people that are all in the space and those different pools of people become, um, you know, how long have you been in the space versus how much do you know versus how much don't know, and the different tribes. And when you look at, you know, how to, how new people can be confused, you know, when even when Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin gold came out last year, it was the same noise in the entire space. And now that it's, you know, Craig Wright and Roger Ver, two very powerful people in the space that, um, you know, have their own thoughts and ideas on what Bitcoin should be. Uh, and then you have Jihan Wu with hashing hash power. I mean, it, it's so it's up in the air on like, what's gonna, what fork is going to be the best, you know, longest, most data integrous chain, And, you know, currently, I see it as Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, but I do get worried about, about
1: Bitcoin from 2009.
0: I do get worried for Bitcoin's sake. Like you said, we have all these, you know... Uh, self-appointed deities in this space that are trying to project their ideologies onto the noobs that don't understand that you know consensus is one thing and one person's opinion is another and this could be very expensive for gian to go against the grain here but they could afford it unfortunately they could be <laughs> sort of financial terrorists in this sense of attacking the bitcoin blockchain. But, you know, we will still survive. Uh, I I know we will. Unfortunately for them, uh, Roger's seen it firsthand what happens when you try to go against Bitcoin and uh, he's feeling it. Uh, I I don't know when he's going to start saying BTC Bitcoin was is the real Bitcoin or what. But I know it's not going to be too long from now.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is why we've really chosen to. Um, you know, leverage Factum as a way to tie our uh, transaction anchors into the original Bitcoin blockchain. Can you explain um,
0: Factum for the listeners? So uh, just in case, because we're talking about different coins and I just want them to understand oh yeah, the
1: difference. Uh, so Factum is a um, it's a project that works to put information into the Bitcoin blockchain. You, there's the factoids, which are their you know, kind of their market token. And then there's the all important entry credit, which uh, you can get for so many, you know, so many for one factoid. So how we leverage it is like a notary um, that kind of says, okay, all this happened over here on Herk and we're gonna hash it and then stamp it into Factum, which stamps it into the Bitcoin blockchain every oh, shit. time in the new block. And then, you know, there's block headers that can move from here uh, to here, to here, and then you can just kind of trace it back. So it's like we're putting Ethereum anchors into Bitcoin. So if one blockchain were to
0: have an issue, you could always go to another blockchain to get your data.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and how we have it is a least cost routing protocol. So as we as more um, chains that are uh, like data storage, like we use IPFS and storage right now, um, but if something becomes cheaper, like, you know, see a coin for, for storage, we would be able to say, okay, right now we're weighing that it costs this much to go here and it costs this much to go here and it's going to go here because it's cheaper. And then it's usually for the user uh, to decide.
0: Siacoin is pretty cool, but I don't know if it's going to be something that's for individuals. I feel like there'll be secondary projects for that, but I could see Seacoin being more for companies and corporations to use to kind of replace their centralized trust systems of storage. It's going to be expensive, but the security it offers is worth the savings that you'd have to hedge against the traditional storage options.
1: Right. And with Herc, um, you know, although it is usable, at the uh, you know the ground level, it's you know it's developed for um, and you know for the precious metals industry, and it, it was uh, seen to be generalized so that we can um, you know have the mass population understand that supply chain on blockchain is possible, and when you know we look at our um, verticals that'll that'll be coming out, the enterprises that want to leverage this are very um, understanding. Of um, you know the data integrity that Hercules can provide
0: well what kind of like use cases do you see supply chains when utilizing blockchain technology why like again people always say why blockchain this thing why do we need the blockchain that blah 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 why is everything needed that but uh, I do personally see a lot of use for supply chains to utilize blockchain but like what are some of the things that you're looking at that could really solve problems or what you're like you know Imagination is going forward. Like when you look at this space and you see supply chain utilizing blockchain technology, gamifying it with cryptocurrencies.
1: How does that look for you? It's it's kind of what you said earlier. Um, is is how not everything needed an app, and now it's just commonplace. And when we look at supply chain, you know the things that uh, people leverage, like bills of lading or, um, you know, tallies, shipping ports, um, you know, trucking industries, uh, everything's kind of still on paper. And I see it firsthand here, um, you know, with the Port Authority and the in the customs, is that it takes so long and it's all on paper. And with blockchain, you know, it's kind of just one piece of it. You know, it's it's the data integrity piece of it. Yeah, that's important this smart contract piece of it which can lead to automation um, and you know once we have more availability to um, you know we have IOT as well so once you put IOT automation blockchain and smart contracts and maybe a little bit of AI uh, it's going to drastically reduce the um, the manpower needed to run a port or to run you know um, a terminal for trucks or, you know, any anything that can be really leveraged in a mundane, like it's really mundane physical labor, mm-hmm. right? Like operating a crane. You know, maybe you need one or two operators on site and you don't need, you know, the 10 people, um, which, you know, is going to lead to a loss of, you know, manpower, manual labor jobs, but it's also gonna open up, and it already has, you know, hundreds of thousands of new positions, if not millions of new positions globally, for um, you know, people to learn a task that isn't manual or mundane.
0: Yeah, I think the industrial economies kind of run its course in the uh, the IOT and the AI of the uh, all of that. The Internet of Things is changing the industrial industry and really flourishing the and fertilizing the ability for the attention economy where we have these micro tasks where, you know, Uber exists. Airbnb exists. I mean, shit, look at Ninja and Twitch with Fortnite. Holy crap. Like people have now time to capitalize with attention, you know, and that's really what's going to happen. But you said something that really triggered me where you said the data integrity of, of you know, the supply chain. I get worried when I hear data integrity on a blockchain because we really haven't solved the problem of garbage in, garbage out. And I think that you touched on that too when you said that we have IoT. So we stop letting people write down on paper this data that they've fucking lied 100 times on because somebody, you know, fucked up and they don't want to get their partner fired who forgot to turn the refrigerator on. That's why the cabbage went bad. So they said they got it that way, you know, and now they have to prove A to B. And it's, you know, a lot of these problems can be solved when we use IOT, a trustless, you know, data provider that really provides data integrity when we use the blockchain. And on when it comes to supply, you have labor, You know data data uh uh, from labor uh to uh quality proof of actual like with gold you have to prove where did it come from you know and it's it's right now a lot of it it's it's hard to have a true history of your gold to know like where it really came from Uh, people have smelted things a million times and used the same number 10 so when you go to have your certificate authentic it. It's like, well, this was just somebody has this gold already. How do you have <laughs> this gold?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, proving provenance in um, on an asset has been really um, sought after. You know, if you have, like you said, a gold bar, if you have a piece of art, if you have, you know, a Hermes bag, it does it. You know, people like to know where their food came from. You know, there's IBM's Food Save. IBM is thrown. Yeah. Hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars into ensuring uh, the entire supply chain on a private blockchain. You know, there's controversy there. They've been marketing um, that heavily.
0: Know. I've been watching. They have yeah. ads on TV, billboards, airplanes. IBM blockchain solution.
1: Yep, I think they had um, some IoT uh, investigate on uh, some ad news network. I'm not sure. Hmm. But it is something that has been heavily sought after by Maersk, by, you know, rail stations. Um, you know, supply chain is the global value chain. And it is the ability to just understand where, you know, the, the threads in my shirt came from.
0: So where does it a utility token fall into all of this? Like, you know- so
1: util- yeah, so the Herc token has um, functions built into... Uh, the protocol for um, you know the ability to create an asset to track an asset to um, transfer the asset to uh, you know pay for the data you know when you when you're using in the project or in the platform itself uh, the, there's so many kilobytes is worth so many hurt tokens as you know our economics are described in our academic paper um, and it's and it has always, been my dream to just have a project that keeps evolving and keeps iterating and understands, um, you know, the paths necessary to fulfill our roadmap. So there's a, 12 uh, quarter roadmap on our website, herf.one, uh, that defines where we'd be in the next three, three months, six months, nine months. Um, and, and you know, how we're really understanding what's necessary to move forward in global value chain. So we're going to be uh, doing some test pilots with shipping containers, um, you know, we're about to release an MOU on that, talking to uh, a trucking company on, you know, how we can track movements, even, you know, if it's just on this island, it's still big enough to say, okay, the, the IOT sensor went from here to there, uh, thermal sensors. Um, you so this know, is all that tr- trustless
0: IOT stuff I was talking about.
1: Absolutely. You know, having a terminal operating system for ports to work on and utilize the blockchain in a very seamless and user friendly way. You know, people have to really, you know, understand that full on blockchain user adoption, mass user adoption, everyday life is going to be the next five years of development with some big changes coming in, you know, the early to mid to 2020s, uh, the mid twenties. It's fun to be able to say that. Did you ever think that, you know, people a thousand, a thousand, a hundred years ago would, uh, you know, understand any of what we're accomplishing today?
0: No, I always said that if you grabbed one of your great grandparents and brought them into today's society, they would be like, Well, where's the flying cars already? You know, <laughs> like they would be so confused. They'd be like, Wow, this is so advanced and unadvanced at the same time because we, we advanced in different directions than we intended back then. They would have thought we would have had, you know, self sustaining economies without having so much waste. You know, they would have thought we passed the whole coal thing by now you know renewable energy what how's that not a thing well we were really stuck on boner pills and hairspray that made your hair grow back but once we figured that out we really started nailing this whole biodegradable plastic thing and we were just ten years too late (laughs) But, yo, I really feel like now, though, the kids that are being born into this tech, you can hand a five-year-old an iPad that never seen an iPad before. And in just by instinct, they can, they can use it. They know how it works because it's just in their DNA now somehow, this this tool, this technology. It's so ambiguous to life that uh, i mean years from now people are going to be like how did we live without this solution to trustlessness on the internet how did people survive with so much you know i don't trustlessness you know how do you survive in in, in a space where nobody's accountable and and data is free and spam is everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah it's um it, it's the culmination of our entire civilization and our society as a whole. I mean, do
0: credit cards ain't even 70 or something years old. That's still fairly new tech that sucks.
1: And imagine uh, the Jetsons was supposed to be the year 2000. <sighs>
0: That's disappointing. I still want escalator floors like everywhere I go. Like I, When I'm at the airport and they're not working, it's kind of like the biggest first world problem ever for You're me. Like...
1: like Like, how am i supposed to get down this hallway
0: yeah i'm look looking at i'm like but it's out of order the hallway is out of order i can't just you're gonna wait for one of those taxi driver guys to ride by and just hitch a ride like one of the trolleys in the 60s or something
1: they don't like that don't don't do that (laughs) Uh, you gotta be happy that you're not traveling as much yeah you're gonna um what to come out with for your community
0: uh next month i'm doing the uh, satoshi's ball that is right there in your corner being displayed as a watermark uh by justlyncrypto.com i'll be there december 15th it's like a 12-hour party it's not like a conference it's more like a gathering of like-minded individuals we're gonna have like a speed yeah. dating meeting thing and then we're just gonna party all night and shoot the shit about you know the space and have a good time but after this year i think i'm staying stationary and just focusing on this podcasting thing more try to do one of these every day one video a week on tutorials and stuff like that moving forward but um i think after this year i'm, I'm stationary i'm tired i've been to 40 conferences i'm tired
1: oh man yeah i uh i got tired very fast and you know it was it was really wasn't detrimental because you know i've always been a a digital nomad and been able to code on the go, um, but it's it's nice to be able to sit and create content in a steady pace, and I'm sure your community will be very, uh, you know, will very appreciate that. Oh dude, I've been hella inspired by my travels and the people
0: I've met and the content creators I've been keeping an eye on that. I just haven't had the time to really put into my content. So I've just been like putting it on the back burner and trying to really just invest in myself more than my content. Trying to, you know, build myself up higher in knowledge so I can do more content and quality content when I do have the time. And that's what I'm giving myself after this year is more time to make quality content. like I feel like the stuff I used to do back before I quit my day job was better than after I quit my day job because I just kept moving. I never stayed the frig still, man. I was in Texas like four or five times this year. The last time I've been to Texas, I got arrested. So I don't think I'll ever go back to Texas. I'm, I'm sorry, right. Texas Bitcoin Conference. I love you guys. Shout out to Marco Pierboom and what's that? Uh, Paul Snow of Factum and them guys who put that all together. I, I can't, Sir? I cannot go back to Texas ever, ever again. <laughs> Never.
1: Hey, well, um, you know, big roads, big skies, you know?
0: Well, where are you headed next? What's up with you? What's your roadmap look like as an individual? And then I wanted to touch on the roadmap for Hercules a little bit, but what's up with you? Where are you headed? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. I've just been, um, you know, here in the islands, just, uh, making sure that the depth, the development pace is keeping steady, uh, planning out some things myself. Uh, when it comes to conferences, man, I can't. I can't say I can find myself at them because I've been able to do these podcasts now, and I'm very thankful that you brought me on. Um, you know, we got invited to the North American Bitcoin Conference, but I'm not sure. To be honest, well, I've been uh, running
0: into a lot of people from your team at different conferences, uh, even if you didn't have like a booth represented, there was somebody there that I ran into that recognized either the pin on my hat or they just noticed me from, you know, interacting with the project on Twitter
1: or something. Yeah, I think uh, you got to hang out with IJ at the World CryptoCon.
0: Yeah, that was cool. I got to run <laughs> into him. Yeah. And I ran into one of your uh, one of your buddies at an airport one time, too, because I missed my friggin flight
1: from Toronto. Eh.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was that was a, a yeah, oh,
1: JR.
0: yeah I, that was a weird situation because right. I literally Special was in answers. line you're messaging me everybody's hitting yeah. me up saying dude the airport's calling your name and I'm in the airport like I know they're calling my name I <laughs> I don't know if I should act like I'm not me or if I should go tell them hey I'm right here like <laughs> I didn't know if I should hide or if I should be like oh I'm over here I didn't know what to do yeah because I'm had, me you've
1: had some, uh, yeah you've had some issues uh, issues in the past
0: yeah but it turns out actually if I would have just said hey I'm me what they would have done is escorted me in a rush to a flight that was leaving ten minutes from that announcement which was a direct flight to Philadelphia where I was going instead of having two layovers
1: that I got stuck oh, with because uh, of man weather change. oh man so yeah that was that was conference uh, weekend though with the um what was that? The untraceable event.
0: Futurists, yeah, futurists with uh, Larry King and all them. I mean, that was a great conference. Even Max Kaiser came out and was doing like a whole show on the pier with uh, Toronto behind him. It was a really cool conference. And they had like the cabana party,
1: that was fun. Anthem was there. Yeah.
0: Anthem was there. I remember him.
1: It was. Um, it was a really nice, well thought out conference with the the way that the stages were set, the way that the um, you know people had their booth. Boots. I want to ask you: Is there going to be any boots at the uh, Satoshi's ball? Uh, we have a few sponsors that
0: want to do something like that, but you know, we told them it's not really like a, a shill kind of event. It's going to be loud noise. We're going to have a little bit of inter- interaction, but there might be a few. Uh, there's local companies that have sponsored the event that may show up to have like you know representation there, but they know it's not really a conference. There's no speakers. There's no panels. It's just. A big meetup, you know, there's an open bar and then there's also an option for people that, you know, for like the the more businessy guys, if they want a booth like where they can sit down and have bottle service, we have the VIP right. offer for that. Like the conference, the, where we're hosting this is an actual like collab space with like 40 different businesses operating out of it. They accept Bitcoin and they have given us office space to run like Just Learn Crypto podcast out of. So like it's really cool. Yeah. They even Amazing. have a Bitcoin ATM machine, so it's there all the time. But at the Satoshi's Mall, we'll have that ATM there.
1: This is in Ottawa, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Canada is really crypto friendly. That's why I'm I'm about to like flip my Herc token here, heads and tails, to see if I should move to Canada forever because it's... I see so much potential there, especially as like somebody as like a crypto content creator goes, the companies, the the regulations, the just the way everything has seemed to be going in Canada's in the right direction. I feel like there's a lot more growth potential up there than there is in the US. I mean, I'm sure you you don't see much potential here, sort of like a brain drain right now where they're incentivizing the smartest in the industry to get the hell
1: out and do business in a Cayman Island somewhere. Hey, you know, it's it's kind of just the whole facade that the United States have put on its people for, you know, quite some time. Um, you know, economic imprisonment of mass amounts of people, not really fighting for personal agency, uh, but just trying to control a populace. Uh, but with Canada, you know, you have uh, a big Ethereum developer's Uh, community and it's really where Ethereum was uh, first conceptualized
0: So are you like an Ethereum maximalist or do you see potential in competition where it comes like EOS and Cardano and other smart contract hosting blockchains
1: I I mean when i hear maximalist i i kind of see dollar signs but you know it's been kind of the speculation of cryptos that has you know driven a lot of innovation because a lot more money has come into the space to be able to you know hire developers that might have ideas or push ideas out into the world um that's true. ethereum's definitely I'm, got that money i'm i'm in it for the scientific method when it comes to you know if there's a hypothesis that's out there and it gets well tested and then it gets implemented and Um, you know, the ability to do one thing a different way that, you know, still works. I mean,
0: sounds like proof of
1: work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into any system that operates and is in production. Uh, you know, shout out to my global team of developers and my global team of community developers, as well as admin and accountants and legal and and everybody that makes Herc operate and function, um, you know, as it is today and how it will continue to evolve. I'm here as, you know, the leader of development, but I'm humbled by everybody that's around me yeah and
0: what what hercules is doing with the supply chain like with the project with anthem gold uh we actually did an. I, I did an interview recently with uh anthem so anthem blanchard you can check out in the description box below there is a link to that video where we go more into detail about anthem gold and hercules and where the supply chain fits in um i wanted to talk a little bit more technical with you there uh we're like when it comes to, this, to building a supply chain uh what are some of the some of the biggest hurdles you've had to overcome. And uh, what are some of the ones you're still trying to overcome? That's just a matter of time because the tech is so early that brick walls are inevitable. I'm just wondering what were some of yours were from there till now, because you've been doing this for over a year and what are some that you're hopeful you will overcome as the tech goes
1: forward and grows? Yeah, I think it would be user experience the expected experience of, say, you know, a legacy shipping partner on a port somewhere in, oh, my phone's dying. What?
0: We may have lost uh, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is uh, the live chat. Problems that I will run into on streaming with strangers I'll use this time to actually plug the ability to come on my youtube podcast This this what you're seeing right now is an open platform for anybody and everybody Up there we go
1: two phones
0: (laughs) (laughs) Two phones I was just telling everybody that they could go to my Twitter account and click on that link and they could come on the YouTube channel just like you have Um, not being paid by Hercules I don't charge anybody any money I just want to talk to people about things and it's an open platform conversation so go to my Twitter
1: come on ask me questions
0: Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh my grandma! Hi, hi, my mom, mom, My grandma's in the chat. She's uh, she's hey, enjoying hey, the hey. conversation. So yeah. Uh, so what were some of the hurdles you had to overcome, and what are some of the hurdles you 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 have right now, but will be able to overcome? And you were saying that the user interface, the GUI.
1: Yeah. So it was really the user experience and the expect like having um an, the expected experience of an app. You know, someone that is a legacy centralized database app supply chain user says, Okay, hey, I want to use Herc. I want to I wanna see what this is about. And it's been going to those industry professionals and understanding and being advised of okay, you know, we're actually expecting this to happen when we provide this sort of information. So iterating and iterating and testing and going back and saying, Okay, what is it that we should really have this look like? Um, and, and that's really been the biggest hurdle. The tech has all been there. Um, all of our providers have been stable, IPFS, Factum, Storage, and Ethereum. Um, and then you know, the ones that we want to you know, continue to go over is just how can we make um, this better than it is today? Yep. And how can we have uh, you know, people understand how to use it? What it's used for. So we're going to be coming out with, you know, overlay tutorials for the app itself. We're going we to come out with some quick start guides, beginners guides. You know, uh, people that are developers that want to work on the API, how to really build it. A lot of our GitHub repositories do have build notes, um, and we do have our academic paper that goes over. It's kind of like a yellow paper. You know, what our vision is um, and what we have currently. So really, it's just going to be the user adoption. is the the, the hurdle because that's just the biggest thing in blockchain is everybody that jumps on board and they're finally convinced about it gets wrecked on two days ago. You know, they're like, what happened? Because they don't understand what's really going on. They just see greens and reds, but they finally, finally said, okay, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. I'm going to get into this blockchain thing and then you have collusive members of, you know, Bitcoin demagoguery (laughs) screwing the network up. So it, um, you know, that's always gonna be difficult.
0: One of the issues I think that a lot of these utility token platforms have is the on-ramp too, you know, going from fiat to crypto, from crypto to an exchange, changing to the, so like how, is there any way Hercules is working on trying to solve that solution with an easier on-ramp? Because uh, I wanted to see if that was like something that you were working on, because that's another user uh, hurdle, right? When it comes to the user interfaces, they want to use the platform, but they don't want to have to go to three different exchanges to figure out how to on-ramp fiat. Get this Bitcoin, trade it for Ethereum, trade the Ethereum for the, the ERC-20 and, you know, all that. That's just too much it, for some people.
1: It, it is. It's a lot for people. Even just making an account and having to, you know, remember 12 words or, you know, even just making an account and having to remember a password or yeah. let alone a pin. You I'm, doing, I'm so dealing that? with it's, that. It's like every, everybody's level of, you know, where their, their cognition allows them to, to go when it comes to you know, cryptography or simple-to-use, you know, cryptos, we have, just as Herc uses, uh, is utilized like data, we have a top-up platform, so you can go and sign up, and then you'll be in there with your Edge account, and your Edge account links directly to the platform, links directly to the top-up platform, and uh, it's where you can just go and top-up Hercs whenever you need them. And when, in the platform itself, you can go all the way up, to when you need to submit to the blockchain and use Hercules tokens. It'll say, hey, sorry, you don't have enough. You need this many, top up here. And it goes right into it, it's all seamless. So we've done that to the effect because we understood this exact issue. And then it it really, um, you know, there's only so much man hours and brain power. So we're we're working steadily on getting it very um, easy to use, tutorials and quick start guides.
0: So uh, just to wrap things up, maybe let everybody know where you're hosted, like what exchanges is Herc uh, listed on and uh, just a little bit more about like where they can go to find some more information, use the platform, stuff yeah. like that.
1: So everything, everything um, that you would want to know about our project, our platform, our protocol, uh, you can find on herc.one. So that's uh, herc.one and we're helping eradicate racketeering and collusion in supply chains, uh, through, uh, open public blockchain. Um, you can find out any news, any listings. Um, our source code is all open source. It's on GitHub developer resources. We're coming out with new, um, new outlets for content every day. So just, uh, stick to Herc. One and that's all you need.
0: All right, man. Cool, cool, cool. Now, I I did want to touch a little bit on the uh, art space and supply chain because that's kind of like how we met. And Uh I always thought it would be cool to see more of these independent artists utilizing, you know, blockchain solutions for their artwork to tokenize art, to make a a digital image, tokenize it, and prove that ownership of it. If I have this image, I'm the only person who has ownership of this image, even if somebody screenshot it, fakes They have ownership, they can't transfer ownership because I have the mm-hmm. private key. You know, mm-hmm. how, how do you see the art industry and supply chain moving forward?
1: My, um, my advice to anybody that's trying to do that, that sort of thing, would be to create a, a protocol or a set of mechanisms in which when the artist goes to the platform to use the platform and they say, this is my art, I'm uploading a digital piece of art or I'm taking a picture of it. It creates an NFT in that transaction. So it creates a crypto kitty that then says, this is mine, right? You know, you can either make it uh, divisible or non-divisible if you want to sell it fractionalized. Um, but that, that's my advice. When it comes to making that happen, there's a lot that goes into making that happen. Um, I think building out the marketplace would be a lot more uh, financially responsible on a team to do that so you know there's projects in the space that are you know promoting art and artists accepting you know crypto for their art and then there's projects that are making marketplaces and then there's projects that are doing provenance and ownership all of them just need to come together mm. you know, like Like if it were me, if it were the open, you know, the open source world that I want to live in, um, you know, like all the supply chain blockchains would be like, yeah, we're going to we're just going to be one big brain consort consortium. Well, they need
0: some hyperledger of some sort to bring them all together where they can communicate, and not have to worry about false data being implemented into and, and, you know, hurting another black blockchains, uh, you know, credibility. That's why they, they wanna do all these centralized, closed networks right now. Until we can solve yeah. the trustlessness of the data in, I don't feel like we're gonna get past that point. But I have been I was talking to an artist, uh, shout out to Nanu Burks. Um, I was talking to her, you know how cool it would be to have like a private key on a canvas. Somebody paints over the private key. And then it's auctioned off at how much ever crypto was put on the, the public address. So now the art is, say one Bitcoin is put on that private key's public address. That piece of art's worth, tangibly, one Bitcoin. And and now you have to either destroy the art to get to the private key or enjoy the art as is and leave the crypto resting at, you know, where it's at.
1: A lot of people have used uh, steganography to hide their crypto and art. Um, there is crypto art, which you know would put that private key right there for you. Um, and you know, this is kind of where the decentralized art shows was growing out of. And uh, you know, hopefully, those that um, are continuing the um, the rallies for that project will be able to uh, you know bring the the virtual reality landscapes that. Uh, oh, yeah. Were being designed and it was it was uh, really fun uh, avail- availability for um, you know to get the local community involved and then get the artists involved and it was more of a mass adoption uh, test.
0: Some of the and- best conversations I've ever had at over 40 cryptocurrency blockchain conferences and events were at like a decentralized art show with artists because they have like once you start to talk about a technology or anything like they're so creative there there are no limits you can't say well that doesn't work you know what i mean like oh well i didn't know i thought you said it was you know blah 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 But like you're right it doesn't work now but maybe if somebody were to build that piece it would because it's so young tech that you know the only thing that's stopping us is our ability to be creative. You know, so many people are like, that's not possible. And that's where things and ideas die and end is with, you know, can't.
1: And that's where I kind of stopped the interview. <laughs> Someone saying that's not possible, because it really is possible. I mean, if, if any, if everything that we have today, from, you know, a, a piece of glass in Mechanical technology where like I'm looking into this speak to you to speak to your community is possible Anything is possible, right? there's uh, there's nothing holding us back from um, inventing and and being non-limited as a species and I really hope to see that uh, You know the human race comes out on top with all of this blockchain and innovation because if it gets turned into um, something way too Centralized and authoritarian, it could go the other way. The other way. Yeah. You know, we we could either have mass utopia, or Dystopia. we could have you know a, a gray dystopian minority report like um,
0: ooh some black mirror you know, shit
1: yeah. Shout out, shout out to the creators of the Anon movie on Netflix because they got it right. If Cop Chain becomes Real on Ethereum. That's what this movie is showing because uh, they use the word "we're going to jump into the ether." And then he goes into it. He goes into this mind's eye and he's shown all this these data blocks, and it looks like a blockchain. Anybody who's seen this movie knows. I'm gonna exactly have to
0: check that out. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah, you should watch it's it. It's on Netflix okay. called Anonymous. It's just anon. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, anon. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I'll watch it after this. All right, well, yeah, man, everybody listening, I want you guys to go check out Hercules Project. Uh, they're utilizing both Bitcoin and Ethereum's blockchain to solve supply issuance issues, as far as like, you know, that rack, rack, racketeering and collusion and all that bad shit that happens right now in supply chain data. And you can check them out. Go, there's links in the description box. Uh, anything you wanted to talk about before we go, bro?
1: I just want to show people my shirt.
0: Yeah. I thought you were gonna moon us.
1: There you go. There's <laughs> the booty. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get the. I don't know if I can get this. I want to show people this. Hold up. There we go.
0: You just take your shirt off.
1: Nice ceiling, huh?
0: Oh, you turned it around. Oh, dude, that is sick. Yeah, that definitely should be on the front of the shirt not the back <laughs> that's an approaching uh image right there
1: yeah where'd you, where'd
0: you grab that
1: oh man red bubble shout out to red bubble they make all these uh these great content pieces and and different shirts for the for the scene oh, you I know check that out and the next time I talk to you I need you to come down here bro well
0: if you guys put on another event i may i may be um i may be uh, motivated enough to get out of bed i really don't want to move in 2019 <laughs> i kind of want to be stationary <laughs> just keep on making
1: great t- content and we'll see you down here
0: all right bro bro i enjoyed the time i i uh Really appreciate you coming on, man. And I know in a couple weeks' time, you're gonna have more to talk about when it comes to Herc. Uh, I had uh, Anthem on, and he was talking about in a couple weeks' time, uh, you may be, you may be doing uh, some more stuff to have you know come on. So I would love for you to just you know schedule another time to come back on, talk about the updates and progress of the Hercules project, and uh, let me know how everything is.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having us on, Ken. All
0: right, bro, bro, have a
1: day. Cheers bro